I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And welcome here to Husker Online Post Game Live. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Stephen Sipple here as Nebraska gets a 35-21 win over Indiana. Gentlemen, their first Big Ten win in 364 days since that epic light show night on October 2nd. And by the way, we got a light show here tonight. They, they kind of tinkered with the light show, but it was still uh, a great showing, sold-out crowd, and, and it was sold-out. It was a, a great atmosphere, great win uh, for Nebraska, Mickey Joseph, Bill Bush. We've got a lot to talk about, guys, a lot to dive into this matchup. Um, going through the numbers, Nebraska finished with 385 total yards, but most importantly, they held Indiana to under 300 at 290 in Bill Bush's debut. Uh, there were over, though, 200 yards of penalties in this ball game on 23 total flags. Uh, that's a big topic of discussion we're going to get into. Um, but Nebraska found a way to weather really a, a second, third quarter storm in this game. Uh, Nebraska had just 113 total yards of offense on 35 plays over the second and third quarters combined. Mm, it was a stat. brutal stretch of football, and they weathered that storm, and they finally guys broke out of it with a 71-yard touchdown pass from Casey Thompson to Trey Palmer, and, and that was really what changed things. But it was it was a tough stretch there uh, until that moment. Yeah. The D- Go ahead, Robin. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that's exactly the, the storyline for me is it wasn't pretty. There was a lot of choppy, ugly play at times, you know, bad penalties, whether they were warranted or not, turnovers. Bad sacks, poor offensive line play. Uh, you know, if you just go down the list, like it, it yeah. was not a thing of beauty whatsoever. But here's the difference: for the first time in a long time, Nebraska found a way to get it done when right. it mattered the most. When mm-hmm. the game was on the line, they made the plays. They mm-hmm. won the game and they put the victory away. And that that's as telling as anything. Because first time, yeah, back to last year. Uh, I mean, it's been 364 days since they've won a Big Ten football game that they were able to get in the victory formation on offense and needle out the game. And so that, uh, just to take that step, is a huge deal. And, and something that, in order to take any progress as a program, you have to win a game like this, as ugly as it may have been. Mm-hmm. And the defense, I think, maybe play. I'd say Casey um, Thompson and the defense played gigantic roles. Um, the defense, hey, I mean, the defense forced eight or nine three and outs, one of the two. I think it was eight three and outs. It was outs. seven three and outs, then a fourth down stop. So okay. really, really eight. If, you know, yeah. one was a fourth down, they went for it. Uh, and, and, and Indiana was what on third down? Two for 14, two for 15. Indiana, two for 15 on third down. Now, and now, what would we talk about so often this year? Nebraska couldn't get off the field on third down. Well, now we got to, we have to 
acknowledge that Indiana was, was, was without its best offensive player, Cam Camper. Top two receivers. Top two receivers. Thank you. Number Rob. six and number seven. Yeah. Both were out. Yeah. Williams uh, was a Florida State transfer. Cam Camper was targeted 63 times in the first four games. Um, he wasn't available tonight. So, but I don't want to, I mean, some people are going to diminish this win. I'm not going to put Nebraska, you know, I'm not going to thrust them into the conversation for the Big Ten West quite yet. You know, they're, I guess they're, tied, they're tied, for first. tied for first. Nobody but, is undefeated in the West right now. Right. Nobody. Um, again, I'm not going to do that. But I, I uh, but, but, you know, they're, they got to win. And that, and boy, they needed it. Took a step towards being in that yeah. And if you lose this game, boy. Yeah. The alternative is, this would have been a bad loss. And and they did, as disjointed and kind of ugly as it was, it, it was pretty smooth late. That that pass from Thompson to Palmer was beautiful. It was a, it was a gorgeous pass. And then the ensuing drive. And the ensuing drive after that. So they, they went, I think they went six place, 54 yard, or maybe 12 place. 12, 12 place, 54 yards. Anthony Grant was big on that. Little drive. trivia question for you. 32 carries for Anthony Grant. The okay. most carries since oh, don't do when this. don't do this to me no 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 <laughs> that was not in the game notes okay 32 carries amir abdullah had 35 in that epic miami win oh now they they didn't go back they only gave us the in 2014 yeah 2000, they only gave us in the game notes the uh, 31 carries the by 30. trey bryant but the highest the, the, the this is the most since that Amir Abdullah epic performance against Miami where he went for over 220 against the Hurricanes. That was in 2014. Yeah. That was an electric. I mean, that was an electric game. There was nothing fancy about Anthony Grant tonight. It was just a chip away, blue collar, a lot of two to six yard runs. Uh, Nebraska only had one run longer than 15 yards in this game. 17 yard run. No runs over 20. So it was not fancy, but it was what they needed. They needed a kind of a steady diet, and they rode number 10 hard. Yeah, and, I mean, that's what he's been doing. I mean, he's obviously provided the home runs early in the season, but in a game like that where, you know, you just got to stay on the field um, and you got to have the time of possession uh, and, and win a game like that when things aren't necessarily going perfect for you, I mean, that's that's what they needed out of Anthony Grant. He was that bell cow. And, Sean, you called it going into that game. Your, your yeah, uh, was it three, two, one? Twenty-five carries. Yeah, I you called. You said he was going to get oh. at least twenty-five carries. Oh, nice, Sean. I think that was a pretty like. I mean, you went out on a limb a little bit because we didn't see Mark Whipple backs get over twenty-two-ish. That was kind of like the Mendoza mm -hmm. line for. I mean, you just didn't see it. There are some interesting moments I want to talk about with Whipple tonight, though. The moment, I mean, the game changed at this moment when Casey Thompson held the ball in the third and two for too long, took the first sack, quarter, first quarter. And Kevin Suits, our good friend at 10-11, had some great footage of that exchange on the sideline with Casey Thompson and Mark Whipple. And it was an exchange. I Tongue, mean, no, it wasn't exchange. It was all Whipple. <laughs> I mean, Thompson didn't go back, back at it. No, there wasn't. No, I mean, Sean, I want to be clear on this. It was not an exchange. It was one way. It was one way. Wh Casey Whipple lit into his, him. Yeah, Casey, Casey handled it like a pro. Whipple got after him probably for holding the ball. Um, missing a receiver on the backside who was open on the third and two. Casey held it, got sacked. Whipple Whipple got into him. Casey took it. I mean, he didn't lash back at all. He didn't. I don't think he said a word. He just nodded his head. 
and Chubba Purdy comes in. Yeah. And now Mickey Joseph kind of tried to protect that situation in the post game. He said, you know, when I played for Coach Osborne, sometimes we, we would put a quarterback in for one series just to let the starter catch their breath. And well, let him see, let him see, let him see the defense from the sideline. But it, it changed the game. I mean, the first two plays were a negative run, then a two-yard run. And then Chubba Purdy, as as we know, took the sack in the end zone, Fumbled. which should have been a safety, but he fumbled. And then it became a touchdown, tied the game at seven. And that's when we kind of hit that second, third quarter pillow fight stage of this game where it, nobody really wanted to kind of break free. Because Indiana didn't have much firepower. They did not have a Trey Palmer tonight to, to break this game open. And, you know, they were hoping Nebraska would make a mistake. I mean, Nebraska was able to withstand that and win. But that little exchange followed by Chubba coming in, and then Casey Thompson left the game again with an injury for a few weeks. Late days. in the third quarter, I think. Shoulder was, injury. Yeah, late in the third quarter, he got smacked in the pocket by number zero. And he was down He was down on the turf, got back, but told Mickey, I'm not going out of the game. They put Chubb in for one play. Yeah, Chubb ran us, an option, yeah, left for zero yards. And and Casey went, went back in the game. And not long after that is when he threw that pass to – Went through that pass to Palmer, which which gave Nebraska a touchdown lead, gave him some separation. Um, it was critical. I mean, it was a critical throw. It was a beautiful throw. That's what Casey's all about. Now, here's a beautiful thing about Casey. Um, he's tough, and he's a veteran. He can withstand – God, I mean, I'll tell you what. You guys know it. In this league, how many, how, how, how many times how, – how, how, think about how often we've watched quarterbacks just get hammered be in difficult situations it's tough i mean it's just it's tough for nebraska yeah and that fourth quarter I mean, coming off that big hit where he did have to miss a play comes back in the fourth quarter is four of six for 140 yards and two total touchdowns 71 yard bomb that changed the game and then finished it off with that one yard touchdown run yeah at the goal line yeah, did, did anthony grant smack a guy yeah oh huge go if you go back and watch that play he's like the lead blocker on it was a pretty sweet play design too uh and he just blows up a dude right I, at the line of i think they ran that right play in line. ireland yeah. i think they ran that play in ireland i think casey went in i think he maybe went went to his left in ireland he went to his right here mm -hmm. but um i yeah that anthony grant evidently can block pretty right. well He's a tough dude. There's a lot he oh, can do. He's a tough dude. I mean, of all the guys they brought in, Boys where would they be without Anthony Grant? Casey Thompson, too. Casey Thompson, Trey Palmer, Anthony Grant. Yeah. Yeah. All on offense. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. Yeah, that's one of the things I touched on is, you know, when, when it mattered the most, Nebraska's best players on offense came up big where they were kind of plodding along there and nothing was really clicking, like you mentioned, especially in the second and third quarters. Uh, but when the game was on the line, Casey stepped up, make big plays. Trey Palmer stepped up, make plays. Anthony Grant stepped up, make big plays when somebody had to rise to the occasion, and the best guys on Nebraska's offense did that in each their own way. Yeah, those are transfers. All tra think about that. Talking about a bunch of and transfers. I look at Grant as a transfer. I know he played JUCO. Well, he's a JUCO transfer, but he played at Florida State and yeah. went to a JUCO. I mean, he's not a traditional D one transfer right now, but yeah, JUCO I mean, transfer. They they'd be in, a, in 
even tonight, I mean, Hunter Anthony came in too and that, played right tackle. You talk about the offensive line situation. I mean, you look at okay, left tackle, Prosca out. You start Corcoran. He gets ejected after two back to back deals. He punched a guy. And you, well, would he punch him? Uh, they it called was, it a punch. Yeah, they called it a punch. The replay showed it was, it was like open hand, put it on the guy's face. Here's my deal. Like, that's a borderline play. You can make a case one way or the other, but you have to know the refs are watching you. After what the pl- happened the play, the play before, before. What happened on the play before? They got the face mask on Casey Thompson, and Turner retaliates to, to defend his quarterback, which is, you know, whatever. He like, tried to pull the guy off. Of you him. can, you, I, I can at least accept that. Like, you're sticking up for your quarterback, trying to protect your quarterback. But you also have to be smart enough to know that they're going to be watching they're you. Watching. If you get into a dust-up like that with somebody, the refs are going to be watching to make sure there's no further incident. And for to, he he reared his arm back and he hit the guy in the head and drove it into the turf. Like, can't do say it. what you want to say when you're being watched. That's going to get called more often than not. Yeah, and you're the left tackle. I mean, you're you're, you're a big part of that. You're a big part of the offense. Obviously, you can't can't put your team in peril, but. They came out of it two and three now. Nebraska two and three, one and one in the Big Ten. Uh, Indiana falls to three and two and one and one. So there you go. So Corcoran comes out though. Brant Banks comes in. Yeah, how about Brant Banks? And he he did his job. And then Hunter left Anthony, Anthony left tackle. We almost kind of saw it right tackle a rotation because Ben Hart continued to come in. Yeah, but Ben Hart struggled and. I think maybe that's what they needed to do. I mean, they needed to kind of just relieve Ben Hart at times, you know, or, and get Hunter Anthony ready. I mean, because we've seen plenty of Ben Hart, and we kind of know what the situation. I don't well, know. that's and now you're getting into the difference, what you're seeing with Mickey as the head coach, a little different now. I mean, you're seeing. I think they're a little more apt to rotate. I mean, they put Chubb in, they 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 put Hunter Anthony at right tackle, uh, Malcolm Hartsog. That took the, some, you know what? Ma- Malcolm Hartsog, freshman, gets to start at corner. I mean, those are they made some changes. Well, I don't know what where Hartsog came from. When, and you talk about a guy that was not very ballyhooed coming in here. I mean, Ma- Malcolm Hart. When you ranked the thirty-three guys they brought in, he's probably like bottom five on the list. He was a three-star well, with where a handful was, of Power yeah. Five offers. Yeah, he had Southern Miss. He only Ole had Miss. one committable Power Five. Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah, Ole guess, Miss. You break it down to committable. Yeah, it wasn't committable. You don't think Ole Miss? He's was? a Mississippi kid. Okay. Do you think a Mississippi? I mean, Nebraska was really his only team on him late and he signed in december and and got here in december malcolm hartsogs who we're talking about mr football he was mr was football he? in uh mississippi 2a or 3a led his he, team to a state championship now no, he's little he's they little. list him at five nine that he's might little. be generous he's five nine 170 is i was struck when we went down on the field we go down on the field late in the game we're up in the press box for the game but we go out we go down there late when I got a look at him, I was I was I was really surprised how small he was. Led his team to a state championship, averaged over ten yards a carry as a ball carrier. He's ex- he's explosive. He must be good. I mean, think about it. We didn't hear much about him. We haven't heard much about him at all. We don't go to practice. We don't see it. We haven't heard much about him at all. And there he is starting. Yeah, he must be tougher than hell. Well, I mean, the kid must be tougher than hell. And he didn't have a lot of momentum behind his name. So you know, in, in the politics of playing guys, he didn't have very many politics that gave him a bump. So. You know, this is an example, like you said, of Mickey and Bush saying, we're going to give this guy a chance because, you know, Tommy Hill wasn't getting it done. And it did take take some, you know what, to bench Tommy Hill for a true freshman. Yeah. Well, think about that. I mean, especially to that that opening snap, you know, Hartsog sitting there at 5'9, 170, whatever he is against how big was that receiver? Like 6'2. Yeah, big dude. You know, big. 
a big Big Ten level wide receiver, mm-hmm. and he didn't get burned. I mean, I'm sure he had he had a pass breakup, no tackles, and the final stats. But uh, to have that type of performance in your first game, and then oh by the way, return a punt block for a touchdown yeah. in your very first collegiate start. Uh, what a night for that kid. Yeah. And that was the first block punt for a touchdown, Sipple, since 2009 at Baylor. Justin Blatchford, you remember that memorable day in Waco? No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> Cody Green's, <laughs> that one up. Cody really Green's first start. I do. I remember Cody that. Green. I remember that. And I remember it was, it was a gorgeous day. I they was... penalized Sue basically for like sacking guys too hard. Yeah, he threw a guy to the ground. And, and he they... walks by me and you and he goes, I'm not doing any interviews. Yeah, he's not doing he any was... interviews. So who, who who returned that? Justin Blatchford. Returned to Black Punt? Mm-hmm. It was the first special teams touchdown overall since J.D. Spielman in 2019. South okay. Alabama. South Alabama, okay. Yeah, it was big. I mean, it was it, they needed everything. Special teams in general. I mean, if you want to transition to that, okay. You know, Bushini had a couple shanks. I think about probably about three bad shanks. At Did least he have three. three bad shanks. Yeah, he had he had a thirty-two yarder, a twenty-some yarder, and then like a thirty-eight yarder. Okay. You know, so but he also had at least three like elite level punts. He put three punts inside the ten. One at the ten, one at the five, and then one all the way down at the two. Uh, in a game where field position was critical. I mean, like I said, he wasn't perfect, but those types of plays were were pretty important. Yeah, they got some returns. They got some punt returns. They did. The 22-yard return by Trey Palmer was the longest punt return Nebraska's had since Cam Taylor Britt in 2020. 2020, 2020 wow. 27-yard punt by Cam Taylor Britt. That was so... I mean, there was some it's been almost special team kind of milestones <laughs> that we haven't seen. You know, they were actually returning punts, which yeah. was a positive. How about this, though? No field goal attempts in this game. Yeah. And Nebraska's all. made just one field goal on the year. I was going to say, it's not like Bleak, they're not. Yeah. Bleaker hasn't been. He's been basically inactive. Yeah. Well, then they had that long kick where they let Frankie try it. So <laughs> Bleak Road hasn't really done. They didn't use it much, but yeah. Uh, to, yeah, all touchdowns, both sides. Hey, hey, listen. I mean, here's the deal. You got to give Bush a lot of credit, Bill Bush, because the special teams are basically still his baby. Now, Joey Connors has taken it over. You got to get, you got to tip your cap to Joey Connors as well. But Joey Connors worked under Bill uh, for the last year and a half, and it and, and now Bill's coaching the defense still has a hand in special teams. I mean, he's, still, he's still doing all the on-field coaching for special teams wow. in practice. I mean, think about what – While the, coordinating the defense. Think about the impact Bill had on this game. Absolutely. Indiana shut out in the second half. No, you, I never would have guessed Under that. 300 yards. Yeah, never – well, yeah, and shut out in the second half. I, I mean, they didn't score. I mean, that's there's no way I would have predicted that. No way. I, mean, I thought of, they'd score 40-plus. Think about the way the first half ended. I mean, Indiana's just slicing and dicing them. Like, it looked like they were going to, fl- you know, it was going to be the same old script where the other team figures out the defense and they just start lighting them up. And they had those two bad drives to end the half. What does Nebraska do? They actually go into the locker room and they make halftime adjustments. And yeah. they, they totally take control over the game. Again, they get to the quarterback. Three sacks, six quarterback hurries. Six uh, tackle, no, yeah, six tackles for loss. Uh, I mean, this, the overall aggressiveness on that side of the ball. Now, it led to some penalties, um, yeah. you know, some ones that got called uh, or negated, whatever. But I think overall, that was something that really jumped out. Was just 
the way they attack the quarterback with different blitz pressures, uh, and then also with their coverage, they played press man yeah, they uh, played for the press first man. time from start to finish, and that led to eight pass breakups, forced an interception. Um, so I liked the wrinkles that Bill Bush and that defensive staff incorporated this week, and it's probably something that people have been waiting all year for them to actually start doing. Well, yeah, again, I mean, that's a, pretty, that's a pretty positive commentary on Bush. I mean, I don't want to get into the – you don't want to go back to Eric Chenander, but – No, it was Indiana – yeah, yeah without their two best wide receivers. Who Matt That's Millen, fair. the color analyst before the game, said that their offensive line is one of the worst in the league. And mm -hmm. Nebraska did they they made it look like they should up front. Yeah. And they were missing their two best receivers. And Nebraska made that look like what it should yeah. in that situation. So yeah. easier said than done for what we've seen. It was quite the scene on the game on the field after the game with Bill Bush and his family. Um, his mom and dad were down there. Um, coach, you know, Bill's dad was his high school coach at yeah. Pender and um, you know, his wife, Laura, and, and, you know, just an emotional hug and scene. It was really cool to see. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, this is Bill's third go-around as a Nebraska assistant, but he's never been a, the defensive coordinator. So this is important to him. And Priscilla Joseph, too, for her down there. She was down there. So, I mean, it was, yeah. you know, just their presence was cool because, we, we, you know, we didn't see that, obviously, um, with Frost when they want to get just the presence of family. and, and the, what saw a, a little bit. A little bit, but not like tonight. I mean, bit. it was – I never seen you know just that kind of emotion in the locker room scene. And Trey, I don't know if you can find this tweet, um, but let's pull this up if you can. Um, the Huskers tweeted out the locker room scene in the post game of Mickey Joseph in the team um, celebrating the win, and it was just an incredible scene in the locker room with Mickey Joseph and the team in the locker room. Well, that's beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful because think about what these players and staff have gone through it's hell and to get to actually celebrate in that stadium mm -hmm. and I, you know what i don't want to do this thing where we pander to the masses and talk about the fans too much but i mean my god the stadium was full again it was unbelievable i mean people people can deride that sellout streak all here's want. the scene right here and, and you get a lot of that you get a lot of that but the seats are full i mean and it's helpful it really helped it didn't you know it didn't help against georgia southern but and it didn't help him against Oklahoma, but it was, it was a factor. It's always a factor. I liked what Mickey said after the game too. He's asked a couple different times about what this meant for him getting his first win as a interim head coach and just like what kind of tried to personalize it with him. And he was like, yeah, I know it, it felt great, but this is, this is all about the team. It's all about these coaches and what they've had to overcome and, and deal with over the last few weeks with all the, the turnover and, uh, you know, drama and all that stuff that's been surrounding the program for them to be able to put their heads down and just gut out a win like this, uh, you know, kind of think speaks a lot to this group. And I think this is this is the type of team that we thought we'd see from the get go. At least personally, I did. Where you're going to have strong, aggressive defense, you know, some dynamic plays offensively. You're yeah, going to have yeah. special teams that aren't a liability; they're more yeah, of an asset. Yeah. Uh, all those things. And granted, you got to take the opponent. In for what it is, but still, considering what this team has gone through over the first month of the season, uh, I really tip my hat to them for for pulling together. What are you smiling about oh, over there? Tom Sanquist said, uh, "Dean, can you talk about how much smoother those silver bullets are going down <laughs> after the win?" <laughs> Dean, can you different. talk about that? They taste different. Dean, yeah. So Dean is my internet name only because somebody accidentally the S and the D are by each other on a keyboard, mm -hmm. and so somebody said Dean once. And and boom, boom, it's my internet name. Yeah. Then it became a whole political campaign where he's going to run. I for ran governor. for governor. Yeah. <laughs> you are the uh, dean. You are. Um, the dean. Well, yeah, that's 
How is it going down? By the way, did you see it was Trev Alberts was in the locker room scene? Well, that's what I saw, yeah. And I didn't realize he kind of presented the game ball like a yeah. – I mean, that was an interesting deal. We, I don't know why if I've why seen, do you say that? Well, I just have never seen an athletic director down there like that in that setting, but we're in a setting that we've never seen at Nebraska before either. Where Two you know, coaches fired, fired in September. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of unprecedented. I, don't think, I, hey, I think we might here. have a quiet Sunday tomorrow. All right, cool. No fire. I don't tomorrow. think anybody's going to anybody get fired, fired tomorrow. tomorrow? <laughs> I'm going to watch some football tomorrow. Yeah, I think you might be. <laughs> Cole um, has hit us in the super chat, has a couple comments. Um, wanted to say uh, who is worse, Indiana or Northwestern? And he goes, uh, they were actually getting lined up on time, by the way. That was great to see. Thank yes. you, Cole, by the yes. way, for your support. But um, who is worse, Indiana or Northwestern? Ooh, that's a good question. I think tonight with Indiana not having – okay, Northwestern had better running backs and a better offensive line. Yeah. And arguably a better quarterback. Yeah, but Indiana had a better defense. That's my take. Oh God, they weren't very good up front though on defense. No. They weren't very good up. They front. were bringing heat though. They 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 have some guys. They have some linebackers and DBs that aren't too bad. They're not very. They're they're they did not. They didn't get. No, they're not very good up front on, on either side. Good question. That's a really good question. I, I'd lean toward Indiana being a little bit better at Northwestern. Yeah, I mean, just look at the overall body of work too. Uh, you know, Indiana had some had pretty significant Illinois. injuries, and they beat Illinois. They beat and Illinois, Illinois turns out they're not too bad. Right. So, so Illinois only loss. Yeah, four and one. Illinois yeah, and that, four and one. Yes, yes. It's, and they go into Madison Day. That was Brett Bielema just what Sean? I mean, he just poured himself an old fashioned in Madison today and just walked <laughs> in there and took over the stadium. Yeah, I was trying to come up with a good one. Curves, I was, yeah, was good. That's pretty good. You're usually yeah. the king of analogies. Barry, um, and I'll tell you, Barry Alvarez had to not like that because that that ended pretty bad with him and Bielema there. Oh, did it? Bielema came out afterwards and said, uh, like he admitted, like this was big for me. Like he he understood the significance significance of that. I mean, they stopped talking obviously when he left to go to Arkansas. Thirty-four to ten is what we're talking about. Illinois going into Camp Randall and winning thirty-four to ten, and holding Wisconsin to two yards rushing. Okay, Allen Allen only had two yards total on okay. eight carries. Maybe they had a little more than two. Maybe, but Braylon it was single Allen digits. Had eight carries for two yards. Okay, it was single digits. What Wisconsin had on the ground. Now think about that on their home field. Yeah, their leading rusher had like sixteen yards. Yeah, on their home field, Illinois holds them to single digits rushing. Illinois four and, and Indiana one. beat that team. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. That's you go. to your point. Yeah, and you look at what's happened to Northwestern since Ireland. I say Indiana's yeah. slightly Slight better, better, slightly better. And we saw Purdue go into Minneapolis, Jeez. and you know they did. It, and it, and do what? Well, they they jumped on them first, right? And and you always won. heard Scott Frost say this. He's like, you got to get ahead on Minnesota early to get them out of their game. Because they they try to kind of slow it down, mm -hmm. and if you get Tanner Morgan behind, he's not as good. But if Tanner Morgan's in control, he's really good. Right? No Ibrahim in that game. I don't know the final. Purdue won. Ibrahim hurt his ankle, right? Well, that's what they're saying. I, I, I'm getting mixed reports, but Ibrahim didn't play. That's the bottom line. At all. At all. And Purdue won. I don't know what the final was, but it was uh, and, it was close. And Aiden O'Connell. 20 was, to 10, Purdue. Thanks. Aiden O'Connell was a game-time decision and played, and, and played pretty well. Serviceable. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So, yeah, might as well, we might as well Huskerize this a little bit. Yeah. The West is wide open. I mean, Iowa lost to Michigan. Uh, Wisconsin's down. Iowa's down. Wisconsin's down. This is a big game against Rutgers in that sense because Nebraska, if they were to win, that's another East win for Nebraska. Yeah. They're 2-0 and in the East. Yeah, with- yeah. If if Nebraska were to go on the road and beat Rutgers, then you, I'd start talking about Nebraska more seriously as a West contender. I'm not doing it yet. I, I'd have to see more. I think they'll be slight, maybe two, three-point dogs at Rutgers. That's that's my Saturday night, one Coors Light deep. Yeah. Well, and that's a Rutgers team that just got shellacked 49 to 10 by Ohio State coming off a short week, and they've got quarterback in Iowa the week before. Federal played, but he was dinged up going into that game. So, you know, they've they've got some issues that they need to address in a short amount of time. Whereas Nebraska's got Mo on their side again. Yeah. And, you know, maybe, maybe that's the the spark that can get things. And going I a talked bit. to um Noah Federal's uncle Matt Terman pregame today. He was down here today and he he said Noah's really hoping to get back for this game. Like, I mean, he he played a little bit today, as Robin said, and you know, I think obviously playing against Nebraska as a as a six year senior um, means quite a bit to Noah Vedral. I mean, you think about it; he was on the 2017 Central Florida team, so he's been around in a lot of college football. And this game against Nebraska on a Friday night for him, um, I think we'll see him out there Friday yeah. night. Yeah, Vedral played. He had four carries for ten yards. Did not throw a pass. Evan Simon was their primary quarterback, and he was 10 of 19 for 74 yards. Young guy. Against Ohio State. Yeah, he's a young guy. I, I have not looked at Rutgers very closely. I don't I, – I'm not going to make any predictions, and I'm not drinking Coors Light tonight like Sean. Um, we'll have to see. I'll, I'll, I'll look at them tomorrow. Um, let's go through some of the comments. we got a lot of people that have made comments, and thank you for everybody uh, joining um, tonight on the show. Um, let's see. We've got – um, how about the energy on the sidelines? That's from Dylan here on the comments. Wanted to know, what did you guys think of just the energy, the way the team responded to Mickey Joseph, especially in some adverse situations? Oh, I, I think the energy is good. Um, again, I think the home crowd helps that. But I think Mickey – Now, I, I mean, we've been sort of saying this, but the per- – okay, if you think about it, the personalities of the top two guys in charge are much different than the previous guys. I'm not saying that that means that they're better, but they're they're much different. I mean, they're much more upbeat. They're much more apt to crack a joke and get people to laugh at it. Um, both of them are pretty funny, but they're both hot competitors. They're both hotly competitive. And I, I admire what Bill and Mickey are doing right now. Um I mean, they really have gone in guns blazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Bill's. It's a great story with Bill. I mean, he lo- he absolutely loves this place. I mean, he's again. This is his third Pender, t- Nebraska third tour of duties from Pender, Nebraska. This was a guy that when he was a GA, it's 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 a funny story. It's an amazing story what he did. He just basically made himself into a GA. He bought he bought pants on his own, like red pants. Um, he bought the shirt. They, they didn't give him the clothes. He just showed up at games with the clothes on. Um, yeah, I mean, just he just he called kinda, Tom Osborne. Yeah, he um, kind of willed his way into all this. When and, he was at UNK, he called Tom Osborne and, mm-hmm. and 
just wanted to talk to Coach Osborne for a job, and Osborne called them back. And Osborne was like that. He'd call people back. And right. they called him like on the dorm phone and said, hey, Bill, there's a guy on the phone, Tom Osborne, and, and that, that's how he kind of got – linked with yeah. nebraska so it's a great story and mickey and mickey's mickey i mean he's a very dynamic personality i've liked his the way he's handled this though he's pretty matter of fact about everything he doesn't overdo it he doesn't make him about himself no, like rob was saying not at all and i like that i like that it's i mean trev has said this this program nobody's as big as this program and and mickey mickey joseph's not Let yeah and I, and I think those guys intentionally try to bring out that swagger out of their players too like you almost see him you know when they first game mickey's coming out of the tunnel doing his arms up things like that i think they're trying to set a tone of trying to get some some confidence that's back it in these guys that's it i mean the one thing i heard right away when mickey took over was behind the scenes in in front of the media he's going to pump the team with confidence because it needed it yes they and then you know they looked they actually looked pretty confident tonight i thought i thought they hung yeah. in there really well yeah so yeah, the energy's good. I'd say the energy was really good. They need that, but man, think about this too: how big that off week was. I mean, they looked like they tuned up some things, and I don't think you. I don't know if he could have done that in a week. No, you know, he couldn't. Have. Dylan has a um, an interesting take and question, and you know, we we covered the Dabo Sweeney Bo Pelini interim season when they played in the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville in two thousand eight, but. Can Mickey be Nebraska's Dabo? <laughs> I, you know, I not going there. The thing about Dabo is it took several years for him to become Dabo. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like in 08 he was Dabo. It it took five or six years of maturation before he truly became Dabo. And then he had a couple guys named Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence mm -hmm. that kind of brought him over. And he hired Brent Venables from Oklahoma to join him at Clemson. And that kind of changed the image of their defense. Yeah. So there were a lot of steps for Dabo to become Dabo, but I mean, Mickey got a nice win. I mean, I, let's yeah. start with that. Yeah. And he's got a great opportunity again against Rutgers. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of what it is right now. He's, he's one and one as an interim coach. One was a really ugly blowout loss against an Oklahoma team who, by the way, <laughs> did not look very good today. Uh, and then he got a win against an Indiana team that uh, Miss Curley struggling in their own right. So we'll see if, now that they actually have these good vibes, and they, they have some confidence, they actually won a game, they won a Big Ten game, and all these good feelings, can they carry that over on the road on a short week against a Rutgers team that is primed for the taking? If he can do that, then maybe all of a sudden more and more instances like that makes that conversation become a little bit more of reality. Well, Mickey said this is an eight-game interview. Yeah. I mean, it's an eight-game interview. We got it. Another One, comment from my uh, friend, Kenny Burson, actually, a guy that I went to high school with. Kenny, what's up, man? He's Dennis in Denver doing great. But Kenny wants to know um, how many games will it take for him to really – or would he have to win to be a really a contender for this job? Bowl game. Six. Yeah. Six. I think you got to get to that next bye week. If they were to beat Rutgers, and no matter what at Purdue, if it's a close loss even, then all of a sudden that bye week conversation gets pretty interesting. Yeah. I think I think he'll have to get to six at the minimum. Oh yeah, I, I mean I I don't and I think it'd still be it with an Iowa win probably. Yeah, yeah, and an I, Iowa win does a lot. Yeah, it's who you beat too. I think goes a long way if you can start winning some of those games in the West. Um, you know, beating Rutgers and in Indiana carry a little bit less weight than beating Wisconsin Iowa, which hasn't happened here in far too long. Guys, so Iowa and Wisconsin have never been more more vulnerable than they are right now. So I've said if you go you go win those games, those those are gonna 
carry a lot more value. Don't think about it in the eyes of the fan base, in the eyes of your boss. Don't think about all it. that stuff. So uh, optics, I think, are going to play a lot into it. It's not just final no, record. I think it's are they going to continue to play hard and fight and be competitive in these games, and can they win some of them? I'll tell you when they win enough to go to a bowl. I'll tell you what's more important than optics is emotion yeah. and momentum. And Mickey, if Mickey would beat those teams, you know how much their emotion he would have behind him from the fan base. No I mean, that's what college football is. Well, as they beat Iowa to go to a bowl game, oh, like uh, imagine the emotion. And then you're in, you're in a situation. Yeah, for Trev. Yeah, Trev. Yeah, Trev. Fifteen thousand Nebraska fans in Iowa City going Mickey. Yeah. Mickey. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what it would be like. Yeah. Hey, I saw off. the We Want Bo deal in oh, 03. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, Jamal Lord got on the mic in the postgame album yeah. bowl said, and said it. You got a party in 303, and even Steve Sipple, you yeah, invited yeah. the party. And all these balloons are flying around. I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like he said on the in the full like microphone ceremony yeah. Um, yeah. in the We Want Bo chance. Somehow Steve Sipple yeah. got invited to the post party. I don't um, think he went though. Uh, no, I didn't go, Sean. You're right. <laughs> Safe to say I didn't go. But yeah, this I'm telling you, the emotion will get hot. I don't think we need to go there right now. Yeah, again, it's it's one win. Yeah. Now let's see what they can do against Rutgers. They win at Rutgers. The dialogue continues. Though. Oh, it absolutely yeah. does. Two Whether it big should or wins. not. I mean, I'm not I mean, I'm not <laughs> we gotta be careful with this a little bit. Two straight Big Ten wins. Right. That hasn't happened in a long time. By the way, Nebraska has won three in a row as a team since 2016. Yep. So at yeah. any point. Scott Frost never won three games in a row. So if they were to win at Rutgers, and all of a sudden that Purdue game becomes a, somewhat of a milestone because this group of players has never won three games in a row. Mm -hmm. Which Purdue is will be tough. Purdue will be tough. Purdue will be really tough yeah, they're on tough. the road. They're different. They're a different Purdue team than you think of because they're good defensively. They're they're uh, it, going into the season. They showed like us today. Tom Dean Hart, who, our, our friend at Rivals. Um, Tom Deanhart rivals right. Tom Deanhart for now, <laughs> and he talked about them about their defense more than anything. I mean, if you read the preseason magazines, it was more about Purdue defense, which is different. I mean, I have an offensive-minded head coach. Yeah. They don't have Bob Diaco running that thing anymore. And no, they, I mean, good think about the they're 20, good defensively. Twenty twenty, when we went out there for that game, Purdue was kind of a disaster. Yes, they were. They, I mean, they tapped out for the. I mean, they they COVID it out after that Nebraska loss. They didn't play again the rest of the year. Is that right? Yeah, weren't weren't they like best. holding meetings to like get Diaco fired and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Like it was players a, were coming to the administration, like demanding a change. Like it was, it was a disaster. They had a bunch of players like opt out. And I mean, so Jeff Brom has weathered a storm there to kind of get that. I mean, they won nine games last year. And this is what this is about, by the way, here at Nebraska right now is weathering this storm. And tonight was big that way. Absolutely. Tonight was big. Second, that way. third quarter. That was crazy when you think about those stats. Right. It's like the it's like they're they're on a ship and the, the weather's bad, but they got a break in the weather. Now they can all it's like they got dry and have a good meal. And now they feel good about things. Another storm's coming, probably. And that was I mean, give Mark Whipple credit. That was a great third down call. I mean, that that deep shot to, to Trey Palmer. Yeah. I don't know. Was that third down? Yeah, it was third down. Was it third down? It was third down and long. I don't know if a lot of people was it? Yes, it was third down. I'm I'm almost positive. I'll pull it up here and look if you want me to look. Either way, third dial down. up the shot. And you got to wonder, like when Casey held the ball too long, like was that the same a similar type of play? Is that is that why Whipple was so fired up about that? Not that he, he took the shot. Paul had a step on the sack. Yeah, but that he missed a potential big play, possibly touchdown. 
I think they had some things they saw. Yeah, going into Palmer's that game. open on the backside. Yeah, third and nine yeah. on the twenty-nine. Thank you. Third and nine. So, no huddle. Third and nine. Casey yeah. Thompson deep ball. Trey Palmer seventy-one yards. It was a beautiful throw. It God, it was a beautiful because you you see it every day on Saturdays. College quarterbacks overthrowing that ball. He he put it right in there. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. So if they don't get that 39, you know, it's still a 21 21 right. game, and yep. you're punting from the 29. Yep. And, and Indiana's getting it at about the 35 40. Felt pretty good about Nebraska's defense, though, late. You know, like Indiana yeah, wasn't Indiana getting much on anything. Uh-uh. Indiana wasn't getting much on them. Not at all. And how about Trey Palmer? I mean, we've talked about him a little Nine bit. targets? Yeah. And eight catches. 140 yards, TD. Uh, I've, I saw an interesting 157. tweet. 157. Jeez. Uh, Blake Lawrence tweeted, and so he's a former player. Like, he's he's got some weight here. Uh, he said that Nebraska hasn't had – a receiver with the level of talent of Trey Palmer in a decade. Well, who are we talking about? Stanley Morgan. Or he said this decade. So was he talking about the 2020s? Only? I think he just said in a decade, right? <laughs> well, okay. Are you taking him over Wandell Robinson who led the sec in receiving yards? I don't know if I am quite doing I that, I yet. that far. I, 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 I didn't want to, I saw that tweet and, and Wandell Robinson was a second round pick guys. Yeah. And who else? He'd be starting for the New York giants. If he was healthy. I don't know if I mean Trey's very good. I think he's just well, I mean, is he, is he better than Stanley? Stanley's still in the league. Stanley's an all-time lead receiver. I mean, that was that was we love you, Blake, but that was an aggressive. Hey, hey, hold on now. Isn't Stanley Morgan the all-time lead receiver in Nebraska? As far as I know, he is. Um, I, I, yeah, I'd be careful with all that. Stanley's a good player. So I'm going through his mentions. People, people are questioning that as well. His his official tweet was Trey Palmer is the best talent Nebraska has had at wide receiver in a decade. So much fun to watch. He, he says he doesn't count Kenny Bell because Kenny arrived in 2010. Okay. So technically outside of the past 10 years. I'm sorry, Wandell to me, based yeah. on I mean if they actually what about Stanley, you leaving Stanley, Stanley out of this? Well, Wandell was I mean, second round pick. Stan, Stanley, Stanley just played in the Super Bowl last year. Stanley wasn't even drafted. That's true. That's true. So now, that's what it should have been. Yeah, Stanley wasn't drafted. You're right, and that's and that's a part of this discussion. But maybe sure. more of his comment was just about that game breaking ability. Yeah. Like Stanley had a little bit of that. Oh, he did. Stanley had game breaking ability. Yeah, great after the catch. What, where does it compare to Trey? You think? Ah, it's Trey's better that way. Trey's got more speed, I think, than Stanley overall. But I mean, is is Palmer a surefire draft pick? I wouldn't say that. Not right now. Remember in 2018 though, when they beat Minnesota, like they threw like that deep slant over the middle to Trey Palmer, not Trey Palmer, but Stanley Morgan. Stanley. And, you know, he, that was a play like today where he beat P.J. Fleck with yeah. kind of a, a play like that, a similar type of moment. Morgan and Palmer, it's an interesting discussion to me because they're quite a bit different. Yeah, Palmer is much more sleek. Stanley was a tough receiver. Great run after the catch guy. Great, great stiff arm. Remember Stanley's stiff arm? Had a great stiff arm. He, he's, he, was a, he was a bit tougher after the catch, I think. And a great blocker. Yeah. Maybe one of the better blockers we had seen at Nebraska. Yeah. Now, guys, I want to. We talked about the defensive performance in the second half. I want to go by just the quarter numbers here. Okay. So in the third quarter, 
Indiana had just 66 total yards on 16 plays. Say that again, please. 66 yards on on 16 plays. When third, was this? Third quarter. Third only. quarter. Okay. Fourth quarter only. Indiana had just five total yards on 12 plays. So 28 second half plays for 71 yards. 28 second half plays, 71 yards. Tip your cap to the defense. That, I mean, shutout. Second half shutout. That was a unbelievable performance when you break it down like that considering what we've seen this year <laughs> and again that's what makes the second half adjustment that much more impressive to me the way that that first half ended again i think a lot of people are having here we go again moments where it was like all right they figured them out they know how to attack like they're not gonna be able to recover this is gonna be oklahoma all over again you know get ready for the for the blowout they came out in the third quarter and changed the game I mean, they, they they dictated what Indiana was going to do and just absolutely shut them down in every aspect as the game went on. Garrett Nelson had a couple sacks. Yep, career high two sacks. Um, that's big. That's big for Garrett. Um, but it was the pressures too for me. I mean, obviously they had the six hurries, but I think there was more than that too, where they were impacting passes. That they, they did. I mean, routes that were open weren't being delivered comfortably. And compare that to the past four games, just how easy it's been. Was Bush's blitz package a little more aggressive? It seemed. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to look effective. at the tape. They're more effective. Well, that was the best we've seen Ty Robinson look in a while. Ty Robinson got a sack mm -hmm. late. In a TFL. TFL. Five-yard TFL. On a running back run. Yep. But the other key stat of the second half, Indiana on third, fourth down was a combined one of nine. Third and fourth down, one of nine. That's incredible. Now think about that in the con like Rob, in the context of what we've watched right, this exactly. year. Right, couldn't get off the field. Couldn't get off the field against Georgia Southern. That's coaching. I think you got to tip your cap to those guys. Not that it's all coaching. I don't. I, in fact, I don't like that when we do that. When we make it all about coaching, it's about the players. They were prepared. Though. Yeah, they were prepared yeah. to succeed, yeah. and and that's what coaching is. Yeah, prepare your players. They to were succeed. better prepared. I that yeah. was the whole thing going in. It was we're not going to think so. We're not going to revolutionize the defense. We're just going to make it to where guys know what they're doing. I can just. Go play. Mm -hmm. And I think you saw a difference in that where guys just seemed more comfortable. They didn't look like they were guessing. They looked like they were ones dictating what the offense did. Yeah, for most part. Now, uh, Fong Wei Reldman goes, guys, temper the Kool-Aid, please. Right. Both of these teams overall are not very good. And I mean, someone we kind of made a joke. Is this the 13th place game for the Big Ten power rankings or, or is it more than that? And that's, I, I, and I'm glad he said that we got to no, do you're, that. You're totally right. Fong way. I mean, yeah. I think we have like, yeah. we're saying, all right, let's, let's hold off and see what they do against Rutgers. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, it's not yeah. like we're saying they're going to yeah. win out. <laughs> they beat Indiana. And we, which we talked about is not a great team yeah. without the, some of their best players. But yeah. I think you got to look at this in the context of this season, mm -hmm. in the context of the last four years, games like tonight, didn't happen very much. Mm -hmm. And so you just got to, you got to appreciate the effort for all the bad that's happened to this program. They finally got some good. tonight. I know. And, he, and, he, and you know, you as a human being, you feel good for the principles, you know, the people involved and grass. Thank you. He's guzzling the Kool-Aid heavily tonight. He's enjoying the win. Guzzle. Guzzle. Yeah. Have fun. I mean, yeah, yeah that's sports are fun. Yeah. You don't have to overanalyze everything. Like, yeah. 24-hour rule. We're within the 24-hour rule. You can enjoy this until tomorrow morning. We're guzzling then. a couple silver bullets up here. Yeah. We I didn't have time up. to get one. We rushed into this so Freeze much. Right no, we. I mean, to get up here and on at midnight, I don't think people – I mean, I was on the 10 o'clock news on Channel 7. I didn't get off the news to like 10.40, and then I ran over here and started right. So 
to get on at midnight on these night games, it is a chore, but we know it's, it's important. It. It's fun to have these conversations with the fans and with yeah. you guys. Because I, I do think this is what people want after a game. Yeah, I listen to you guys pretty closely, so I hope you're not messing up at all. I hope you're getting all your facts right. <laughs> For the most part. You're like ed- <laughs> you're gonna edit your column after this show. No, I don't need to edit it. It's perfect. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, let's uh we got a few more comments. Got another here. one from Cole. Oh, Cole, Cole put a super chat in the officiating crew. Um, and thank you, Cole, by the way, for your super chat support of Husker yes, Online. Thank you. Uh, the officiating crew, same as OU in Michigan last year. Huh? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw somebody tweet about they that. They were the Oklahoma crew. I do remember that. I now. think they did two games last year, right? In was the it, Michigan. Was it Michigan? Yeah. Michigan and OU. So, like, they were, I don't, I mean, they had some real, some questionable calls. Like, I know people were re- upset about, about the what? Quentin Newsom pass interference okay. where, he clearly held football. the guy, but the ball was like 15 yards over his head, you know, those types of things. And just the amount of times they had to go to review and just they were very flag happy. But I also think that may have been the byproduct of two teams that, you know, don't play the most not fundamentally great, sound not, football. Not a lot of so, discipline. Yeah, this is kind of some undisciplined play. A lot and of so holdings. The fact that there were a lot of flags, I think, had just as much to do with there were just a lot of penalties happening that needed to be called. So... Yeah, I mean, you can question some of their rulings, but I thought overall, I think it was more about the play on the field as opposed to what the refs were and weren't seeing. Well, you got to mention it wasn't slanted one way. No, I mean, they, they both, both got. Yeah, what was it? Nebraska, what was the final? Nebraska had 12 penalties yeah, uh-huh. and Indiana had 11, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, the, it was. Yeah, 11 to 12. Yeah. See, Nebraska had 12 for 111 yards. Indiana had 11 for 92. 203 Thank total you. penalty yards in the ball game. Yeah. It wasn't pretty. Kevin Warren was there tonight. Did you know that? Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, actually went to and shook Mickey's hand in the near the locker room after the yeah. game. Cool. Yeah. Mick, yeah. Kevin Warren. He had a pretty low profile. Like, I didn't notice him. I didn't know he was here. He mm-hmm. took a Ronnie Green, the chancellor, posted a selfie with him or a group picture with him so that's that's the only way i knew he was here like they didn't promote it is that the first time he's been to a no game? he was i he, well he was here for the spring game i think this year well, yeah. in in spring of 2020 that was the first time he'd been to lincoln no but he was here for this past spring game hmm. Didn't know that. yeah for sure all right let's work our way guys uh we're wrapping up here but let's get through a few more comments simple um a lot of comments about Kansas. They're five and zero. College game day heading to Lawrence next weekend. Um, you are you are the resident expert of Kansas in Lance Leipold. What what are your thoughts of this five and zero start in Lawrence? Well, I mean, he's about a win away or two wins away from it just being. I would almost think a no brainer. I mean, you, you just For make any it. Job. Yeah, you just make it. You yeah, just be making just Nebraska, right? You just make it almost harder than it is. What he's doing is remarkable. If he gets to seven wins or eight wins, he'll be the national coach of the year. Um, I mean, what he's doing at Kansas is ridiculous. I mean, beating that that game today, I did not expect him to win. So I was taken aback by that. I did not expect Kansas to beat Iowa State. I they did caught some breaks. They caught some breaks, but two missed field goals and a three point win. Five and zero is remarkable. Now I don't know if they can get. I don't know if they can get to six and zero against TCU. Um, Matt Campbell's cooled down. College game day is going to be in Lawrence for that game, so yeah, all eyes will be on landslide. So Campbell, Campbell has two losses this year. Now their next three games are Kansas State. This is Iowa State. This is Iowa State. Their their next three games 
are Kansas State, Texas, and Oklahoma. If he can get two of those three, he's probably back in it. But if he loses two of those three, at what point do you just say you can't sell Campbell? You can't no. you can't sell him. No, I mean he's seven and six last year. They've already got two losses this year, including one to Leipold. At some point, you just Trev can't get, go to a podium and sell him to Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, Leipold, I think, moved ahead of Campbell. Oh, no question. Well, I think, yeah. No head, question. The head-to-head, I mean, and it shouldn't be this way, but it is. No, it shouldn't. It shouldn't come down to. But it, it kind of does. Though. In a way, it does. It does kind of does. Kind of so. does. Like, I hate to say it, but it does. Yeah, and you don't want to go week to week with the discussion, except in a way you do it with Campbell, like I just kind of did. But I'm, I'm also counting last year's disappointment. Um, so Lance. I mean, how do you ignore him right now? I mean, what he's done at Kansas is remarkable. That's a that's a turnaround. Now, Bill is kind of doing the same thing, what more in a more quiet fashion at Illinois. Illinois wasn't as in Who's dire. Illinois one loss to Indiana, right? Indiana. Yeah. In the opener. And Illinois wasn't as in dire straits as Kansas was when Billima took it over. K- Kansas, remember when they beat Texas last year in Austin, that was the first. That was Kansas's first Big 12 road win in 13 years. I mean, that's, that program was ridiculous. Bad, bad. And now, in two years, they're 5-0. and oh. Top 25? Gonna be a top, are they going to be a top 25 team, probably? You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Yes. I would think so. Oh, I think college game day, I mean, the momentum they're going to get now, they deserve to be ranked. I mean, they won at Houston, they won at West Virginia. They've beaten a good Duke team and they beat, obviously, they're sound. Now, Rob, they did have. <laughs> Me and Rob were watching the game, and I said, you know, the thing about Kansas is they don't make many mistakes. They're so well coached. Boom, they had two pretty bad mistakes late yeah, in that some game. Critical penalties that Couple almost critical lost them penalties, game, but at least took it to overtime. Yeah, um, but generally, when you watch Kansas, I'm always struck. They're just they have a, they have a very sound scheme on offense. The receivers run great routes. They have a good bunch of receivers. Two very good running backs. They got a high level quarterback. And the defense, I thought. See, here's the thing. I thought Kansas's defense. Well, it's not very physical. It's not a very physical defense. Not a very big defense. But today, they held they held Iowa State to eleven points. Yeah. Uh, so and I mean, the difference, like Leipold, this is not to me like a lightning in a bottle UCF two thousand seventeen run. Leipold has done this everywhere he's gone. Builds programs with Division three national championships in Buffalo. He built that and, program, and now what he's done in Kansas. So to me, his track record is more complete mm-hmm. than when you go back to 17 because obviously we thought frost was a can't miss but as we've learned that was a special kind of lightning in a bottle run mckenzie milton i mean they, they just hit on everything with that year and- yeah and here's the other thing about lipole when we have these discussions about the coaches that are nuanced we don't you kind of rank the coaches and one thing that we all do a little bit different is i i'm always kind of thinking about availability and can you get them what's realistic Lance is very realistic. What about it, Wisconsin, though? Uh, I, I still think they'll go. They would go Leonard if they fire Chris. That they would go with, with Jim Leonard to DC because they want to keep him there. They want to keep him there. I, I was talking to a Wisconsin guy today about it, and they he thinks they would go Wisconsin or go Leonard. Now, 
of course Lance is going to get a look on that, but the emperor you, will decide that. Then you can get Maybe. it's Lance is much more realistic than say Aranda. You know, Aranda. I don't know if you can get him. You, you Sean, you, you have a source who said he rejected overtures from USC and LSU last year. USC and LSU. Okay. So wh why would he? Why would he say I'm and he's going making to Nebraska? Six million right now at Baylor. Very low key guy too. I don't know if he'd he'd he'd, he'd embrace how the fishbowl here. I don't know if I don't know if he'd embrace that. I, I I like Aranda. He'd maybe be my number one. I just don't know if he can get him. I had um, somebody mentioned to me um, Luke Fickle and I love it. Just don't I just don't put him on there because you're not going to get him. I don't think because you got to figure the overtures he's turned down. Oh, I, you ain't getting him. He's holding out for. Ohio State. He's the highest paid Notre number five Dame. head Notre coach, Dame. along with Dana Holgerson. They both make five, and they're, so they're the, they make more than Lightpole does right now. Mm -hmm. Obviously, well, see, that's the thing. If you just if you just look at availability, who's more available, Lance Leipold or Luke Fickle? And Fickle's waiting for Ohio State. You don't even have Michigan, to no. Notre Dame. I mean, I think no. those are the kind of jobs he wants. Right. I'm not. I'm not saying that Lance is a deadlock cinch. But I'm saying if he wins a couple more, then what? Come on, what are you doing? He's the biggest story going in that in the he's the biggest one of the biggest stories going in college football right now. Like yeah. he's coach of the year material. And like, yeah, like, like I said, if he gets to eight, he's maybe the national coach of the year. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're wrapping up here, guys. Let's see if there's a few more comments that we can slide in here. <laughs> Gundy is awesome. Yeah, we're big Mike Gundy fans. Oh, we like Gundy. We yeah. love Gundy on this show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. wake up, Robin, Tony says. Wake up. <laughs> It's getting late. We'll pass my bedtime, but we're hanging in there. Um, let's um, let's see. Looking through the last comments, <laughs> more Gundy comments in here. Gundy, because Gundy beat Miranda today. He did the mullet. Yeah, is he, he still mullet or is yeah. he, yeah, is he's he trimmed still it down? Mullet. No, yeah. he's still mullet. I mean, it's not like as flowing as maybe it used to be, but he's he's probably at Eskimo Joe's right now enjoying some cheese fries. Eskimo Joe's, probably like, still water staple. Yeah, used to go there all the time. Um, let's see if there's a few more comments. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to work up the comments here. Um, Brett Bielema, a lot of people talking about him. Sure. And I think it's notable on him that Eichhorst went to him first in 17. Or not 17. Do you know uh, that? That's that's what people have said to me. That he was one of – I mean, it, people around. That was the first guy that they tried to Cause, get. Because Harvey has said – Harvey Perlman. I, I was reading it the other day. Harvey said they only went to Riley. I'm just telling you what formally. Yep. Okay. So there, I think there's Take what Harvey Perlman said with the greatest. Thought. So you think Mike Riley was the first choice for the 2015 Nebraska? I didn't know it was a fact that they went to Bielema. I didn't know that. What you're telling me, I didn't know. What amazed me about that 15 deal though was how quickly they fired Bo mm -hmm. on it's three days on Sunday. Yeah. Right. They, they had Riley by Wednesday or Thursday. And we were in our Husker lunch events yeah. in Beatrice and Fremont on Thursday mm -hmm. and they had Riley hired. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I didn't know that they went to Bielema for sure. I think they put an overture out to him. Okay. I yeah. mean, I even heard speculation that Chris was approached back then. I don't know that. But Chris then went to Wisconsin for Gary Anderson. Mm -hmm. Gary Anderson went to Oregon state for Mike Riley and Mike mm -hmm. Riley came here as the emperor Barry Alvarez kind of orchestrated a little triangular move there. <laughs> Perhaps. And I mean, that's just my tinfoil. Yeah. It's, it was a little more tin than tinfoil. I mean, I remember the Milwaukee journal Sentinel 
writer wrote that as a blog that he thought that's what happened. Uh, Jeff Patrikas. So maybe that's what happened. You're never going to get that from Barry. How about the job be almost done? Oh, it's almost in tune. It's like lower key land. Like look at what Illinois is right now compared to what they were even under Lovey Smith, like just the physicality mm -hmm. that they play, like their what? running game, right? Chase Brown is right up there as he one got of the over better 100. running. He got over a hundred, yeah, in the Big Ten. Yeah, and they just have that hard nosed Big Ten identity. Which, well, man. what's the identity? They run the ball they well. They the play football. good defense. Yeah, yeah. They yes. played physical in their Lovey Smith, but they were just always missing something. Right. Yeah, but I mean, they were always That's a, for sure. I mean, they were physical. Lovey Smith had them fit, but oh, Brett Bielema. How was, physical were they? Do you remember that their game? Safeties. Oh yeah, they hit the hell out of Nebraska that day in Champagne. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'll give you. They that. played that cover too, and Nebraska was hitting everything over the middle. Yeah, and they just were, getting smoked. Yeah. And yes, yeah, they hit. They hit that night. That's for sure. You're but right. I mean, Lovey Smith, like his family, like didn't even live in Champagne, and like he just had like an apartment there. I mean, mm -hmm. it was like a Mike Riley situation yeah. here, yeah. and you know, jo their their AD um, Josh um, Whitman. Wh Whitman. I mean, obviously, he's weathered some storms there, and and he's hit big with his hire. Yeah, he hit big. With the big man. But Rutgers, short week. We go out to New Jersey. Uh, first time we've been out there since the epic 2020 game, which Steve and I were two of the only – there were only four Nebraskans that were at that game in 2020 because the parents weren't allowed to go. It was a hell of a trip. And Parker was out there. Parker Gabriel was out Sam there. Sam McHugh and told the Robbie. Sam was out there. It was me, you, Parker, and Sam. And Sam goes, it was like covering a football game in East Germany. <laughs> He's about right. I mean, that was so it will be a little different scene, but I'm excited to go back out there. Should be better. Are you really? I, um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm always excited. Yeah, to go you, on are, the road. you are. I went out there once. What year was that? 16. That was a way better trip than I expected. <laughs> it. What trip? Just got away. We were with the uh, I know Paul what, year? And, what year? It's was 16, 2016. Yeah. Okay, I, I think that was 16. It, right? Yeah, 16. Yeah, I mean, it was like it was a dude's trip like sean and i like to call it like one of those where you're you're not taking the wife and kids it's yeah. you bring out your your old college buddies and you go out there and you hit the bars and eat uh food truck sandwiches it and was all that 2015 stuff. 15 following the michigan state win you're right i knew it was right around <laughs> there either way i had a better time there than i thought i was gonna have because that that trip is uh widely regarded as the worst in the big 10 but i I'm not, I'm not not looking forward to it, but I wouldn't say I'm like, You'll like where we're staying. We're staying yeah. in the heart of New Brunswick. There'll be stuff to walk around to. Okay. It'll, it'll be a, it will be set up nice. Thank you, Sean. So look forward to that. Do we have, some, do we have a steak dinner planned or something? We do. Um, Thursday night. Do we have a steak dinner? We will take care of you, I promise. Okay. Well, I always look forward to that. <laughs> but um, thank you. thanks again, everybody, for joining us here on yeah. Husker Online Post Game Live. Uh, we will be back with the Monday night rundown show as well. Um, and we are planning to go live from New Jersey. Now yeah. we're going to kind of work out a few plans and figure out how we're going to do this. Cause we're not going to have all of our equipment there like we do right now. Um, but we would like to go live and we're going to work that out. So um, big week, make sure you subscribe, like our YouTube channel page here. It's the largest uh, Nebraska football community, HuskerOnline.com. Um, and our YouTube channel is also the largest. So get on here, like it, subscribe. We put out great content. Uh, you can get on Husker Online right now, $10 for one year. Um, special coaching shirt special. We're on the On3 Sports Network. Thanks again to our back-end producer, Trey Yannity, uh, for putting this show together. For Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, I'm Sean Callahan.